If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hi, and welcome to today's podcast with Miranda. Miranda is someone I've known online for quite a few years now. Um, She has four children. She is really, really passionate about postpartum wellness. Um, She's also a a dozen birth education and she's a homesteader and she's just an all-round awesome person. And what I particularly wanted to have her on the podcast about today is about her personal um, biggest postpartum mistake and how you can avoid it um, at home. So uh, Miranda, do you want to introduce yourself and then we can jump into the topic? Yes, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. It's so much fun uh, to finally get to speak with you. And again, like we've known each other for quite some time now online. Um, so it's great to be here. So uh, I'm Miranda Bauer. I'm a postpartum bliss coach and I work strongly with women in the postpartum area. And this was something that I became super passionate about in my own postpartum experience and which I'll um, gladly share with you here. Um, But it started off with my first and um, uh, I had postpartum depression and with my second, it was postpartum bipolar. And so I had these really awful, you know, feelings and mood disorders and something wasn't right. And so my journey began there. And when I was looking at how this is going and how this is playing out, um, and I just felt deep down that it wasn't okay. This wasn't how it was supposed to be. Um, and that's where everything started. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to, to say that this isn't how it's supposed to be because I think a lot of women have these experiences and think that it's their fault, that they've done something wrong or there's something wrong with them. Um, but actually, mm-hmm. if we can actually try and externalize that a bit and say, no, like, what is going on here? This has to be something you know, big social, cultural, what's actually happening here that so many women are feeling this way. So if anyone is listening at home and having a really rough time of it, know that you are not the only one and that you are not the problem. Um, But yeah, do you want to start, Miranda, by telling us what was the mistake that you made? What do you think the biggest mistake is that people make around postpartum? Absolutely. You know, I spent so much of my time preparing for birth and preparing for the labor. I have, I had a wonderful home birth. It was, um, you know, everything one could ever imagine a home birth experience being. It was absolutely blissful, the hardest work that I've ever done in my entire life. But at the end of it, to know that I just accomplished the hardest thing ever was absolutely euphoric and empowering in every sense of the word. Um, And I had spent a great deal of time preparing for that, that moment. Um, and for those those brief hours of, of time, and then afterwards, I knew nothing. I didn't know. I I spent so much time, uh, you know, preparing for labor and birth that I completely forgot about everything postpartum. And of course, I had looked into little things here and there, like breastfeeding, which is incredibly important to me, and um, you know, those important aspects. But there's so much more involved into the postpartum, you know, we look at statistics, and I know when I was feeling 
um, when I was in the throes of postpartum depression and feeling that sadness, there's this intense loneliness that comes with it. And then when you're researching, why am I feeling this way? What is wrong with me? You know, something is, is not right inside. And then come to find out it's postpartum depression. And the statistics say there's over 30% of women experience this. And that's just the women who actually say something. I refused. I would never wanted to tell my family, never wanted to tell my provider. It was something that I felt I needed to hide and deal with myself. And so thinking of all of those other women who never say anything, 30% is just the women who do. I mean, that's, a, that's a, an epidemic in, in our culture, in our societies. There's something going on. And it, so in, in that moment, I knew, even though in my intense sadness and my intense loneliness, that I, I obviously wasn't alone, it was silent, but I, I, I wasn't alone in this, and that something was wrong, not with me, but with everything about how we approach this time. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I think a lot of people are quite naive and think that if they have a great birth, they will automatically have a great postpartum. They don't realize that actually postpartum in and of itself is a huge transition that requires a lot of support. And that even if you have a beautiful, healthy birth, exactly as you wanted it to be like you did, you know, you still need that preparation and support for afterwards, you know, as much as anyone, you, it's still absolutely essential. Yeah, absolutely. And then you think about the women who don't have the opportunity to have that or something happens in labor and birth. It still plays a dramatic role in how we have our postpartum in the way that it, when things don't go as planned or when things, um, you know, intervention takes place, then we need even more, more support. We need even more um, to give ourselves in that postpartum time. Um, and, and it becomes more critical that we do those things. So, mm -hmm. and, and now in our day and age, when hospital birth and um, high intervention rates and cesarean rates are where I am at, at 35%, um, you look at those and you know that those moms need far more than those who have perfect birth. And, and those who have the perfect birth, um, you know, which is all positive, um, they still need so much on top of that. So when you look at, you know, I hear all the time, well, it takes six weeks for a woman to heal post-birth. And um, I think that is so far from the truth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and really, you know, a woman who's had a cesarean or intervention takes significantly longer than that as well. Um, and really, it, it takes years. Um, uh, it really does take yeah. years. And even just the mental health statistics are showing that, that mental health rates decline in the first year. And actually, postpartum depression is the highest four years after um, a baby mm -hmm. is born, not six weeks, four years. And I think that shows that you can kind of battle on for so long. You can run on adrenaline for a little while. But when this survival becomes the norm, that's when it really does become deeply, deeply stressful. And, um, you know, you can only go so long on no sleep, no food, no support, being lonely, yeah. being isolated, mm -hmm. you know. So you, the sooner you can help get help, the better. But also it's never too late. If you're a year in, two years in, even 10 years in and you're still feeling like this, um, you know, then now's the time to go and build your village and get the help that you need. 
Yeah, absolutely. And when I work with my clients one on one, I mean, obviously, a lot of it is learning to sleep, uh, learning how to nourish your your body, because a postpartum body is radically different than, you know, what you experience, you know, pre pregnancy, it's very different from a a pregnant body. So having that, that knowledge to take care of yourself in those ways are really, really important. But I also feel that we see those statistics where women are really at their low at the four year mark because they've gone on so long, but there's this component. you know, when I, when I work with my clients, the one thing I hear all the time is, I don't know who I am anymore. We hear that so often. I think that that time, that four year mark is a fairly typical time when we realize that when that comes to for us, when we, come to, to see that that is where we've been operating, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've been so busy not sleeping and so busy dealing with breastfeeding and dealing with healing our body and dealing with, you know, what Uncle Sam told us that was so wrong, right? That <laughs> builds inside of us, right? We take in all of those emotional pieces um, and we take it to heart because we're so raw and open and vulnerable and postpartum. And, and a lot of it is... Um, you know, we have to learn how to be in that space emotionally and, and, uh, and prepare our space for that, mm-hmm. which includes, you know, oftentimes a village, but sometimes, you know, I'm finding that it's not always available to women or women feel that it's not available to them. And that usually has to deal with some internal things that are going on about asking for help and about reaching out to the community um, and about feeling shy and reserved. And of course, if you're struggling with postpartum depression, you know, finding a community can be even more difficult and frustrating and uh, isolating. So, yeah. I mean, all of those, all of those components can play a significant role, but not just the physical part. You know, I think that we always look at, you know, the physical side of things. I, one thing that I hear all the time is, oh, I am preparing for postpartum, I'm getting all my meal preps ready. I'm freezing all of my meals. And I think that's wonderful. And that's certainly a big part of it. But you have to know what meals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, things that are going to, to nourish your body, and then extend that even further into the emotional well being and your spiritual well being. Um, you know, all of those things um, coming together as a whole. Yeah, I agree. And I think that identity crisis is really a lot of the time where women hit rock bottom because we often our goal as modern, you know, educated women is to not be changed by motherhood. A lot of women are like, I still want to be able to go surfing and I still want to have my career and I still want to, you know, have my freedom and independence. And, you know, whereas if we were preparing women more in the way that, you know what, your whole life is going to change, but not only that, you are going to change, mm-hmm. but we're going to have some initiation, some rites of passage, some sharing of stories and support to normalize this experience for you to be able to embrace who you're going to become, um, you know, and how your life's going to be changed. You know, it would be a very different experience than as it is now where everyone's expected to be back at the supermarket three days later and getting on with their daily life. So nothing's happened. Loving this podcast? Check out our books at newbornmothers.com. Nourishing Newborn Mothers is a recipe book to nourish your mind, body, and soul after childbirth. And my second book, Newborn Mothers, was a bestseller. I know, I can't believe it either. 
It's about baby brain, village building, and how to find happiness in 21st century parenting. You can get the first chapter free of both books at newbornmothers.com slash books. Yeah, so, so true. And one thing I do with my clients is, is share with them and teach them about how different. I mean, it's not just the birth of a baby. We hear this often. It's always um, the birth of a baby and we celebrate baby and we, um, you know, have, have uh, we go see the baby after the birth and, and all of these things, which are beautiful and wonderful and but it's often forgetting the mom and the birth of the mother, you know, the maiden passes and the, the mother becomes uh, born. And, mm. and that transition for a woman is, is often where we get stuck because a lot of times we expect that we are able to make this for ourselves, that we're able to come in and create this new being and just go on about our lives and do what we want and force it. And oftentimes it's a matter of taking a step back and just living in that space. And that can be a hard space. It's an, a space of unknown. We don't know who we are. We don't know where we're going. Um, and to be in that space is really challenging for women of today's go, go, go society. Mm -hmm. And, and um, can be, yeah, just really challenging and, and being okay in that space and recognizing that you're changing and um, growing is, is absolutely huge. Yeah, so back to this big mistake of preparing for birth and not mm -hmm. for postpartum, there's also obviously a cultural role in that because I know you had studied a fair bit before you had a baby. You you know learned yeah. as much as you possibly could and still no one really introduced you to these concepts. Um, yeah, so can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I was a childbirth educator. And funny is I was certified by two different agencies, um, one of being one of the biggest certifying agencies um, in, in the world. And so, I mean, I was, I was able, and I was, I had taught in hospital settings and uh, home birth settings, independent. And I had been teaching for years and working alongside other uh, women who have been doing the same thing. And so I've, you know, had hundreds of, of clients under my belt and was right there along with women in labor. I was dueling for quite some time. I was traveling to different conferences uh, about birth. And there's, there's, again, components of postpartum. You know, there's, there's talk about breastfeeding. There's talk about, you know, the, the placenta birth and you know, the first hour after birth and how critical that is for you and baby to bond. And um, we hear those pieces, but there, that's it. There's nothing more to that. And so, uh, you know, it was really exciting when I came across your information that there's somebody else out there, you know, <laughs> after I had really gotten involved in studying that who, who are really representing postpartum and, and what that is separate from birth. And in a, mm -hmm. in a much bigger way, in a much more intense way, which is what I think women need to see a lot more. And unfortunately, there's not very many of us no. who, who, you know, represent this time um, and all that it is. And um, I'm, I'm excited to see that change. I see the shift. I see the women starting to, you know, take notice, um, especially, you know, I've, I've seen your work and there's another uh, mama who, who works in postpartum and, and my business as well. It's just blooming and growing and 
people are starting to really take notice that this is important information. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And in the general doula and birth and midwifery community, uh, until fairly recently, postpartum was just an afterthought, you know, and sometimes when I'm invited to speak at things, it's like I'm the, you know, tick the box, we've got one postpartum person that's done. And I'm like, we, really what I'd love to see is an entire conference of postpartum speakers, you know. Yes. Yes. And, and this kind of thing, I do think it's coming. I definitely am seeing this um, happen more and more. So it is really exciting times. Um, and what would you say to people listening who are like, okay, because this is part of the problem too. Okay, I want to have a natural birth and, you know, so I know that I'm going to have a doula and I'll try and have, you know, a, choose a, a medical care provider who's aligned with my values, that sort of thing. You can get childbirth education. There's a way of actually giving yourself the best chance of um, getting that outcome. But say someone wants to have a peaceful postpartum, there's still very little that they can actually mm. do. There's very few resources and professionals and, and education. It's just hard to find. So, you know, once people realize this mistake, where do they go? Where can they go for help? Yeah, that's a very, very good question because I feel like it's kind of underground, right? It's like the secret society. You know, nobody talks about postpartum until you're already there. And then oftentimes it's too late. Right? And then everyone goes, why didn't anyone tell me? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I wish I would have known yeah. how often I hear that. You know, it's very, it's very unfortunate. So I have a website that's dedicated to moms, serenitygrows.com. Um, I also have a um, Facebook group, um, which is linked on my website. Um, it's fairly large. You can find a lot of information there. Um, I work specifically with moms one-on-one. -on -one. I don't um, do doula training or anything like that. My objective, my whole goal is to really educate the mother and empower her. And, and oftentimes in what she already knows, right? This is innate wisdom. A lot of times it's innate wisdom, but a lot of times it's about shedding all of those ideas and, and things that we have about how it's supposed to be. Um, and then going beyond that, really understanding the postpartum body and all of its glory um, and how it really affects us and how we need to eat and and sleeping and you know all of those fun topics and going well into the emotional aspect so i talk about all of those different things there uh on my website and within my group so um you can always connect with me there yeah, that's great. And then you have this postpartum plan, which I think we'll pop a link up for uh, all the listeners, um, yeah. which is a little download that's free for anyone who wants it. Um, and I do really, I do really recommend if there's anyone pregnant who's listening, this is probably the number one thing that mums say afterwards is, you know, why didn't anyone tell me? I wish I'd known, you know, no one prepared me for this. So here you are. This is, this is the secret. This is how you can um, prepare. And what yeah. about you? You have then gone on, you said you had uh, depression after your first, uh, bipolar after your second, you've gone on to have two more children. What were those experiences like? Um, I, I've had a third in that, that was Three. absolutely blissful. Uh, blissful. Yeah. So I, I was a foster mom. So um, oh. for a while I was four, but I am pregnant with number four. 16 oh, weeks. wow. Congratulations. <laughs> I didn't Thank know. You. <laughs> yes, thank you. So, you know, that that will be telling. But my third experience with that, with that knowledge in my background and, and that understanding and letting go and, and having the support that I needed, 
was absolutely phenomenal. I was on cloud nine for a very long time because I had the tools that I needed to really listen to my body and understand what I needed in those moments, which is kind of a learned skill. Um, you know, it's something that you have to learn over time. Um, and that's what I, what I help moms do. Yeah, and it's a skill that we don't value in our culture. I always say it's a feminine way of doing things, this idea of surrendering and yeah. you know, innate wisdom and listening and being in the moment, all of that kind of stuff is very feminine in terms of the archetypal energy, you know. But mm -hmm. in our world, we are all about action and information and planning and, you know, all of those things are very masculine yeah. in energy. So, you know, I think often in traditional cultures there would have been perhaps you know, at certain points in history, in certain parts of the world, a little bit more balance between those two energies, both for men and for women. Um, mm -hmm. So the transition wouldn't have been such a sudden shock, you know. Um, but yes, what happens to us now is we go from this like totally masculine environment into being a mum and we try and apply all of that stuff and it doesn't work. So it can take a long time to learn um, how, to, how to do that, this other approach, this other way of, of being. Yeah, absolutely. And, and preparing for postpartum starts in pregnancy. You know, it's something that we really prepare in third trimester. And, and you look at other cultures, and that's exactly what they, what they practice. Third trimester is about preparing for the fourth <laughs> mm -hmm. and preparing for the birth as well. Um, but it's, it's really important that you get a head start and you start working there. Um, because once you're in postpartum, once you're in the throes of postpartum, it's really hard. You know, you have that that the postpartum brain, the pregnancy brain, you know, it's not um, meant to hold all of that information and do all of the things and check off all of the boxes. That's not what it's there for. Um, so really starting in, in pregnancy is going to be critical to having a blissful postpartum. Awesome. I love it. And it's always so lovely to chat someone who's just so our paths are so aligned, you know? Yeah. I think our work is just so, so great together. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Do you have anything else you want to add? You know, you know, I, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. I don't want to be too overwhelming. Um, <laughs> Many aspects, and I mean, I can go really deep. <laughs> we can talk for many, for many months. hours. <laughs> but I think I think that's a really good start and a really good place to 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 begin the journey if you haven't yeah. already. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. I love it. Thank you so much, Miranda. Um, for everyone listening, we'll have the website links up below so that you can check out what Miranda's doing for mums. And um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Julia. I really appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.